We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. My name is Jari Bolander. Welcome to the Entrepreneur Ethos Podcast. On this podcast, we're going to take a deep dive into the traits, values, beliefs, and skills of all sorts of entrepreneurs to learn how to build a more ethical, inclusive, and resilient world. Let's get started. On this episode, I talk with Brady Morgan, who founded Financial Automation in February of this year after working as a financial analyst. He, his partner, and his team of 12 Build automated systems for businesses to manage their money so they can free up time to focus on the aspects of the business they know best. Brady also hosts a podcast, Budget Tech, where he covers personal finance and interviews entrepreneurs about how finding financial freedom has worked for them. Brady talks about his why, the vital element every entrepreneur needs to know to keep them going. After realizing his parents struggled to get by financially, When he was growing up, he put his focus on earning enough money to provide for his family in the future without sacrificing time with them. He studied finance in college and worked as a financial analyst before deciding to start his own business at the age of 24. Brady explains why he believes in work-life harmony rather than balance and how his determination to provide for and spend time with his family has prompted him to start his own business and also help other entrepreneurs save their most valuable resource, their time. Now, let's get better together. Brady Morgan, welcome to the podcast. Hey, man, thanks for having me on. So I am super fascinated about what you do over at Financial Automation, as well as your podcasts, 
budget Trek. Good, good name. <laughs> never, never knew <laughs> that I would be like trekking on a budget. But any of us that are entrepreneurs, oh, yeah. that have done a budget, know about how much of a trek it can be. Uh, oh yeah. But before, before we get into all that, what I like to do is get to know my guests a little bit more. And the thing that I really like to understand is how you ended up doing what you're doing. So why don't you give us the nickel tour of how you got to this point in your life? Yeah, man. So a little backstory for your list. I was born and raised in Nashville, Tennessee, and I'm 24 years old. When I was in high school, I wanted to go into pre-med. And I don't know if I wanted to go into pre-med because I liked health and science or because I thought they made a lot of money. Now, thinking back, it's probably because they made a lot of money because I could care less about science or health now. But when I was in high school, I took a personal finance class, Dave Ramsey. People have mixed feelings about Dave Ramsey, but it sparked this interest in me of, okay, I like numbers. I like money. I like these concepts. Maybe I should go into business or finance or something like that. So following high school, I went to a college called Pennsylvania University. It's a small private college in Lexington, Kentucky, and I played soccer there. The issue was they didn't have a finance degree. It was just business admin as a whole. It's like, okay, this is fine. Cool, whatever. But I was mainly there to play soccer. Once I got burnt out on playing soccer after my freshman year, I transferred schools to a school in Tennessee called Tennessee Tech University where there was a finance degree. And that's where I studied all the way through college. Let's back up for a second because the story I'm about to tell you of when I was in high school is really what fuels me now as my why. And it comes down to money. My dad owned his own business. He was a contractor and my mom didn't work. My mom stayed home with the kids, but that is in itself also a job. Cleaning, laundry, making breakfast every morning, packing our lunches, That's a job in itself. And I wasn't the easiest person to get along with, (laughs) but I remember specifically, I I knew that something was off about my parents' financial situation, but I'm in high school. I mean, how much am I going to probe? I, I, at the end of the day, your parents are superheroes. They're taking care of you. They were really good at hiding this, Mm. but I remember seeing my mom on the couch one day and I, I believe I was a junior in high school and she's just upset. Like I can tell she's upset. And I was probably about to go outside to do something. And I was like, Hey mom, what's up? Like, what, are you good? What's wrong? She said, so like, I'm just going to be honest with you because you're old enough. We have all the bills paid for this month, but me and your dad literally have $3 to our name. Wow. Whew. Now I'm young, yeah. 17 years yeah. old, 16, 17. And, and that hit me like a ton of bricks because I'm like, you guys are my superheroes. That that's not right. Like that, 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 that doesn't happen. So now what fuels me is not that my parents did anything wrong. Yeah. My dad could have strayed away from the business and gone a corporate route sooner. My mom could have gotten a job, but at the end of the day, I would just want to provide for my family the best way I can. Right. But I want to provide for my family doing something I love, something I'm passionate about and using my God given talents. And that's where I'm at today. So flash forward back to college. I had a, I'm getting my finance degree and as I'm getting my finance degree, I'm a bartender and I'm blowing money left and right. I'm making so much money as a bartender. I never made this much money in my life. And I'm just, but I mean, I didn't know how to, how to manage it, right. but I get out of college. I get a job at UBS, an investment bank, making $45,000 a year. And I think that's a ton of money, yeah. right? So what do I do? I rent an apartment. 
I go get a new car and I'm like, okay, $45,000 is like $1,300 every two weeks. This is not a lot of money. So from there, I went to work as a financial analyst at Vanderbilt University Medical Center, which is in Nashville. It's yep. a major healthcare. Yep. Facility. I know. I know it. I had a friend that went there. Yeah. And then I left. Now, the reason behind my leaving was kind of accidental, right? So I have been in the entrepreneur world for about nine months, give or take. I started with the podcast, Budget Trek, interviewed a lot of cool people. I always knew I wanted to start my own business. I didn't know what. And I wanted to be mature and responsible and say, I'm not starting a business just to start a business. I've got to have a game plan or I'm going to spend a lot of money and a lot of time doing something that's going to result in nothing. So I'm working at Vanderbilt. And this was back in February, so not long ago. Oh, wow. And I'm about to move to a sales job, right? And COVID happens. So I'm stuck. And I'm saying, well, what better time than now to get things going, right? Yeah. No. Hence the burden of financial automation. Wow. So financial automation is, is sprung to life. And it has actually been great ever since. And I've been able to use the podcast as social proof behind this concept. So what financial automation is, is we essentially help business owners increase profitability and we save them time. And yeah, that's a, that's a vague blanket statement. So how, do we, <laughs> how do we increase their profitability? Me having a finance degree, we help them understand the finance behind their businesses. Because when you're an entrepreneur, if I am in fitness, I don't necessarily have time to dissect what each metric means. I'm worried about training people. I'm worried about selling protein shakes or owning a gym or whatever that is. I'm not worried about the numbers. So what we do is we step in and we say, hey, let's increase your profitability. How are we going to do that? Where are you leaving money on the table to hence increase profitability? Or where can we cut expenses to hence increase profitability? And then we dive in and impute all these metrics and KPIs. We say, hey, this metric is this way. The percent change month over month is this. We need to make these changes within your business so that this metric in turn gets better. Financial data doesn't lie. So now we can in turn make your business better and more profitable as a result of dissecting these advanced metrics. Then the safe time metric, right? The safe time component. That is something everybody says. So how do we actually save you time? Financial automation, automation. So we can automate a lot of your business not only through the financial process of putting everything in one dashboard. So we actually create this custom dashboards that have everything from sales and revenue expenses, ads and taxes in one place, saving you time and automating a lot of that process. And we're developing software on the back end of everything, but also through different software. So we can't forget the business strategy portion of everything. We're using these metrics to strategize of how to make your business better. And at the end of the day, we as entrepreneurs, we want to make more money and we want to have more time. And there's so many different ways to do this. Our business model just happens to be down the finance route. Wow. Well, there's a lot to unpack <laughs> in that, Brady. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't know very many people that started something during COVID. So um, pretty kudos to you for taking the opportunity <laughs> when the opportunity's there. Because, you know, people get afraid. This is one thing I've found is that... Everyone always wants to go to security, right? Oh, if I get a big corporate job, I'm going to be secure. And it's not true, actually. Um, you're actually less secure in a big corporate job. And you can actually see that throughout this massive financial crisis. Um, mm -hmm. Companies are laying people off left and right. I think there's 30 million to 40 million unemployed people. Um, well, if you run your own business, 
you employ yourself and unless you're going to lay yourself off, which you hope you won't, <laughs> unless you're really hard to manage, exactly. um, you're making your own opportunity. So, wow, that's super interesting. And so the, it, you know, it's funny because, you know, as entrepreneurs and, and I totally get like time is your most valuable resource. I had a boss was the CEO of Ion Torrent and he would say, you can print money, but you can't print time. And the reason why that was so important to me, because I was always focused on the engineering side of things. This is back in my former life where we were always worried about cost or, you know, oh, we got to be more efficient and blah, blah, blah. And he would always be like, if you can save time, spend the money. And I remember we we got bought by Life Technologies, massive billion dollar company. I mean, it was insane. It was a crazy thing, right? I think we got bought for $750 million, this, this massive thing, right? And I remember what he said, you know, we were getting in the corporate process and he was getting upset because they're like, oh, you have to fill out all these forms to get all these, you know, things through. And he got so angry. He <laughs> he literally said, I want every engineer and every biologist in, in Ion Torrent division to get a credit card. And that credit card's got a $5,000 limit. And he said, spend it on what's going to make this go faster. <laughs> and I'm all, wow, <laughs> man, how did you get that to go? But, you know, he, 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 he had his quirks, but I will say the one lesson I learned from him is that time is your most valuable resource. And so as, so you've only been doing this a couple months because we're recording this in June. H- how have you mm-hmm. saved uh, your client's time? I mean, what, what is sort of like, what's sort of like the top couple of things that are like, oh yeah, we see this all the time. You solve this, you save time and money. I think, so let's dissect both points and start with the finance side. So when we step into work with our clients, I mean, we have a lot of probing questions we have to ask about their finances. And if they can't answer those questions right away, we're like, okay, we're about to save you a lot of time. Because at the end of the day, as a business owner, you can only neglect your finances for so long. Yeah. Before you're like, it's tax time. A year later, let's get this figured out, right? Mm-hmm. So the way this whole dashboard works that we compute is we have KPIs related to sales, expenses, ads, labor, whatever, and this automatically computes your tax bill in real time. Of course, it's estimated. Yeah but we have processes behind how are you going to manage this? So as a new business owner, there's so many different ways to go about your business. There's so much noise out there and you're spending so much time trying to figure out the right things to do, or you're neglecting researching the right things to do because you're focused on driving revenue for your business. So we save you time by stepping in and saying, Hey, this financial process that you have is shit. Or you don't even have one to begin with. No, they don't. Let have us fix one. that. <laughs> they don't have one. For have sure. one. Let us step in, implement one. We just saved you time down the road. Now let's look at the automation piece. How much time do entrepreneurs and business owners research how to automate parts of their business or how to even start their business? There's so much admin stuff that has to be done behind the scenes that you don't know unless you're researching for it. So we step in and we say, hey, Here's what we do. Here's what our clients have done. Here's how I can save you time. Here's how I can make your life easier. And something simple, and I'll bring up this point. It's a little company called Zapier. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever heard of Zapier. Oh, yeah. It's just workflow automation. Yeah. I've heard but it that. makes 
our clients' lives so much easier, right? Instead of saying, hey, this person just submitted a job form. Now we need to go manually send them this blanket email. Yeah, it took you two minutes. But what if 500 of those get sent in, right? So at the end of the day, you're right. Time is your most viable resource. But when we pitch this, it's not like, you know, you have more time to generate revenue. It's like, we want more time. Like nobody works to work. Everyone wants to work so that they can have more time, more money to do things that they want to do. Spending time with their family, going on vacations, maybe focusing on a hobby, playing a sport, playing in a men's lacrosse league, whatever that is. At the end of the day, we need happiness and we cannot achieve success without happiness. And yeah, that's an opinion. But I think when if we look at the grand scheme of things, that's a right? pretty wise opinion <laughs> for someone so young. exactly. <laughs> but 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 if you can but if you can focus on on profitability and saving time now, at the end of the day, whether you're uh, make a hundred thousand dollars a year, a million, a billion, whatever, it doesn't matter. It it matters about happiness. And I think the more time we can spend doing things we actually want to do the more happy we're going to be. And when we're on our deathbed, we can say, okay, I achieved my life's version of success. And everybody's version looks different. But what we do is try to dissect it from a financial level, from a basic financial and automatic level and see where we can take you. Yeah, no, I mean, I, 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 that, that's, that's actually a really good point. I think the, the thing that's really fascinating about that is that a lot of people that own their own business that do their own entrepreneur journey. I mean, they love what they do, but they actually love only aspects of what they do. Um, Exactly. You know, it's like, I am notoriously bad at this whole accounting stuff. I mean, I know how to do it. I, you know, I've I've got some training in it because I have an MBA, so I understand it all. But it drives me insane, this whole estimated tax stuff and the how just completely archaic it is to file all this dumb, I mean, just, it, it, it's, the last thing on my mind that I'll ever want to do because I'm like, I'd rather go pitch a client. I'd rather go write a book. I'd rather go do a podcast, right? So the thing or just is- just relax. I, yeah, or relax. I'd right? rather just go relax. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. So so what's interesting is that the aspects of business that a lot of, especially creatives, and, and I'm going to kind of bucket people into, there's the creative entrepreneur that likes to generate art and hopes you know, that they generate revenue. Then there's the entrepreneur who's the practical creative in the business world, who literal job it is to go make stuff and make more money at it. I mean, it's a little bit crass, but that's just life, right? That's what we, why we do it. But more importantly, the journey that you're on, this, this journey to build a life that completes you has all of these aspects of it that are a pain in the butt, <laughs> to be honest. Um, finance being one of them, operations in some cases being the other one, you know, depending on your business. Um, and so I, I really like the idea of, you know, using technology to remove the yucky stuff um, from a business. Like I know a lot of my author friends who just want to write. I mean, they just like love to write. They hate the business stuff, you know, even the authorpreneurs that I know, one of them, Joanna Penn, who's, who's just a great person and a lot has a lot of wisdom, not a big fan of a lot of the business stuff. Um, and I can see how, you know, your, your take on it is it's a very valuable take. And so how has, how have customers responded? So yeah, I, I think when we're able to step in 
it's it's hard at first sometimes to let a client understand that they can actually save more time, right? Because I think, you know, I'm being pulled in so many different directions. How can you possibly do anything with this? Like, I don't, I don't even have time to sit down with you, right? Right. But it's right. saying, hey, listen to us for five seconds. Let us create this dashboard for you. Let us just demo it for you mm-hmm. and show you what, what we can do. Mm-hmm. So we'll do that. And we, you know, last week we were demoing one to this big cannabis company actually out of Colorado mm-hmm. and we're showing him and he's just like, shit. <laughs> he's like, you know, and, and that, that's our pitch, right? Is, yeah. you know, you want to do accounting, you go to QuickBooks, you got to check your bank account, you go to your bank account, you want to check your ads, you go to Facebook ads. There's so many different places you have to go. Why you want to go to your taxes, Turbo Tax or Tax Slayer or your CPA. Like, why is there not something where it's all in one place? Yeah. Because that we, we are in a stage now where we cannot save hours as entrepreneurs anymore. Technology has advanced too much, but we can save minutes and we can save seconds and those compound over time. And yeah. how we, how do we do that? By consolidating information in one place. Yeah. Right. No, it's, to- it's totally true. Totally true. I, I like the, so yeah. So what's, what's like your three second pitch? Three second pitch. I mean, just like I said, increasing profitability while saving you time, because then what that does is, okay, I hear you, but I want to know the whole story. And this is actually interesting that you asked the three second pitch because we were watching a video literally this morning, me and my business partner, and he said, Hey, watch this video a second. And I want to preface this, that when you're starting a business, I think the, the, the single most hardest thing is how you can convey your message in a way people understand. Because even though you understand it, even though I understand it does not mean you're going to understand it. hundred percent. So we watch this video and we're going through and it's, he says, something about programming, like UML programming, coding maps, all this stuff. He said, who wants this? It was somebody pitching their service. Who wants this? UML programming, coding maps, all these jargon for for software developers. Nobody raised their hand. And then he, the next slide, he said, what about this? And it says a way to develop software that makes it easier for the internet user to actually code. People started raising their hand. So now you have put it in a way that it's the same company but it entices people more to want to know the whole story. He said, it's, he said, you need to stop focusing on the six words you can use in your headline. You need to start focusing on what are the first six words you say to a potential client? Yes. So when we say that, we were like, okay, what is it that we do? What do we do? We understand it. What do we do? And uh, we've been saying this the whole time, but it's solidifying our message of, we help you increase profitability while simultaneously saving you time. Yeah. So now people are like, okay, that's impossible. How do you do it? Let me, yeah, tell me okay, more. I got to know more. Yeah. yeah. No, that's so then a, you're like, okay, I got you. That's a great hook. Like, so, so what I do like this, you know, what the, the business I inherited when my wife, my wife passed away was PR and marketing firm. Right. And so it's all about storytelling. And the reason why I wanted to know the three second pitch is because that's what we tell every client we've ever worked with. How do you convince someone to ask the question, and this is the most important question any potential customer can ask you is the pitcher. It's Mm -hmm. tell me more. All you got to do is get to tell me more, (laughs) right? Exactly. And, And that's the hardest thing to do. And you can spend countless hours and money on trying to figure out your marketing message and your product price promotion in place and blah, 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 mission, vision, values, and all that stuff just is useless if you can't get someone to answer to say, tell me more. Um, and exactly. so I, you know, I really like, I really like the way you're thinking about it. Cause I, I think that 
the company organization that tells the best story wins, even if they've got mm-hmm. subpar products. I'm not saying exactly. obviously that your products are subpar, but like, you know what I mean? Like it, the, the relationship and the story that we tell each other, super important. Uh, and it's, it's a way that we can not only give the gift of what we have, like you mentioned, like, Hey, this is my gift. I'm giving my gift to the world, but we can also not waste their time. So if you tell me in three seconds, six words, what you do, and I'm not interested, then great. Okay. I'm not interested. We'll move on or we'll talk about something else because not only do you have to remember that our attention spans are shrinking. We all don't have enough time, but the gift of giving someone time back, the gift of being respectful of someone else's time may pay off in the long run. So I may not need that right now. I'm going to be like, I don't even have a business to run. I have no idea, but I'm going to remember, Hey, you know, those financial automation people, they, they seem like they got a pretty good idea. One and two, they're really respectful of my time. So the goal right, of this whole exercise is to get people mm-hmm. to share your story so simply that it becomes a meme. And of course, we all exactly. know what memes are, right? So very interesting that like you're, you already have that attitude because it literally takes me <laughs> a long time to convince people that this is the right thing because, <laughs> you know, especially organizations that have actually been around a while trying to grow they mess this up all the time. And the reason they mess it up is they've got the ego in their heart saying, well, I have to explain this. Our technology is the best thing about us. No, no, you don't understand. This is complicated. And as soon as they say the word complicated, I'm like, well, you're doomed. Because no one's going to give you the time to sit down. Yeah, to say, to explain the complication. Right? Just the duh. And it, it, it boggles my mind that people don't understand this. And I think the reason people don't understand it is they don't have, well, they they think that business and life are different. This is something that I've found and wanted to get your feedback on because people say I have a business side and a personal side. Like, oh, I'm different at home than I am at work. And I'm like, that's a pretty big conflict because now if you've got two sides of of what you're trying to do, like the conflict is there always. And so you're telling yourself different stories, right, from where you are. And what I've found is that you are one person, no matter where you are. And the sooner you realize that, you can tell a better story, right? So it seems to me, right, that you are who you are at business and at home. Of course, you do different things. And it is interesting that you got sick of playing soccer and, you know, (laughs) left and all that. I actually played soccer when I was in high school. Um, Oh, really? Wasn't good enough to get, you know, go to college on it, but I'm a fan. (laughs) Uh, But... But so how how does that like, you know, you talk about like wanting to save time so you can do what you want to do, but it sounds like, you know, you're, I've, I've got to believe you're working pretty hard on this. Um, how do you like handle your day so that you have that like true to yourself that bleeds out in your business? But then of course you're not, um, you know, clearly you got to like have a, have a light. Well, I don't know if you have to have a life, but. A lot of people want this work-life well, balance thing, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah. What are your thoughts yeah. on that? Yeah, and, and I, I think at the end of the day, everybody's different. Something that I actually interviewed an individual, Bobby Castro, on my own podcast a few days ago, and Jeff Bezos says the same thing. Work-life balance is not a thing because then they're separate, right? It's work-life harmony. 
How do they play in together? Now, everybody's definition of what they want that to look like is different. For me, the way I can stay constantly ingrained in my business, but also constantly ingrained in my personal life is when I'm with my wife or I'm with my family or her family, what do I talk about? My business. <laughs> Not all about me. Right. But my brother's, my brother's in finance. His wife's in HR. I'm talking to my wife. Maybe not so much about business, but about like how, how should I how should I handle a situation with a team member, right? Because we we have a team of 12 people yeah. under us. It's yeah. like how how do I handle this? You know. So there's that. But when I'm working, when I'm on my phone, what's the first thing I see? Let me. Uh, okay, well, it's a picture of my wife. I was going to show you, but I have <laughs> notifications. It, it, it's a picture of my wife, right? right? So every single day, what's the first thing I see? I see a picture of my wife. But what does that solidify in my mind? Is why am I working so hard on my business? It's not for me. It's not to prove anything to anybody. It's so that one, I can take care of my wife. And two, like I said before, I can make sure that my kids never have to worry about what's going to happen. Right, right. That, that fuels me. And I, yeah, it's, it's kind of ironic because I saving people time and I'm working my ass off 12, 14 hour days, but it's needed, right? There's a time and a place for yeah, that, but I'm yeah. doing this so that I can have time later. But like, you know how my day is structured. I wake up at four, I read, I do a devotion. I go work out. I'll take a cold shower. I'm trying to take care of myself and I'm trying to build these good habits. I'm not the best at them. I'm not going to say I hit these habits every day, but I'm trying. I'm human. I fail some days, but most days I'm good. And that's all I care about. But doing that in the morning allows me to start and gives me enough me time to where I don't mind working from 7.30 a.m. to 7.30 p.m. And then what happens after that? And this is something a lot of people struggle with and I, and I disagree with. Neglecting your family for work. Because at the end of the day, why are you working? for your family. So me and my wife, yeah, there's some days I say, Hey, I'm going to work late to like 10. Is that cool? Probably not going to see you're probably gonna be asleep. Is that cool? Yes. And there's communication. But most days when I've worked hard and I feel good about my day, I want to spend time with her and I want to step away from my computer. Of course, I'm talking to her about stuff throughout the day, Yeah, but I want to be with her. Sure. So yes, there is a balance to everything but balance is the wrong word. I think you need to make your life and your work work in harmony with each other, right? They have to off of each other in a, in a, in a constructive and a productive way, but everybody's different with how they handle that and what feels good to them. Some people like working from 7:30 AM to 2:30 AM. I do not like doing that. I would rather wake up at four and get my day started early and focus on me in the morning and then work really hard for 12 hours, 14 hours a day. So Hope that answered your question. There was a lot there, but uh, oh yeah, no, 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 you did. What? what so what's interesting is that uh, you know you're obviously younger entrepreneur than I am. <laughs> I'm a little bit more of the, the elder in this conversation, and so what I've found is that you know when you don't know what you don't know, you got to work hard. Like you are just gaining knowledge every day, and you got to like pack that knowledge in as fast as you can, and. I, I did the same thing when I was younger. In fact, it it actually ruined my first marriage, which which we won't get into. But um, it it was a uh, it was this this point in time where I had to realize uh, what was important. 
Um, and the, the beautiful thing about being young and ambitious and wanting to learn is there's, there's lots to learn, right? And that, I like the harmony um, word that you use because at some points in time, you have to work harder than you want to or need, or you just need to. Like you're launching a business during a pandemic. You're going to have to work hard. If you don't, if you don't exactly. think you're going to need to work hard, you literally shouldn't be an, an entrepreneur because like this yeah. is insane what we're going through. Um, even even my PR and marketing business is just inundated with people needing help to try to get the word out. I mean, I'm busy, really busy, more busy than I was before the pandemic. Um, but but I find that the um, that harmony is sometimes hard to make, mm-hmm. and it is is really great that you have someone in your wife that um, sounds like wants to you know of course you're a team that was that's the beautiful thing about marriage is when you truly are a team you're unstoppable um exactly and, and the one thing that i always like to tell people i think i've said this before on a podcast it's like always listen to your spouse if they think that you're going to do something that's kind of silly and you're blinded by the fact of what it is they will always have your best interest at heart if you're excited about something and they're kind of like lukewarm about it, listen to that because there's probably right. no other person on the planet that has your best interest at heart than your spouse or your partner or mm-hmm. whoever, right? Why is that? Because your destinies are tied together, right? Uh, I learned that one the hard way, by the way. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> you know, I and, and the other thing is, is like, Never give your spouse advice <laughs> because I learned that one the hard way too. And I was talking to a friend the other day and I, and you know, this is challenging for all sorts of relationships during this time, business, personal, family, you know, we're all sequestered and it's chaos and you know, it's hard. Right. And, uh, he was having a problem. Like he's trying to figure this all out. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Never give your, never give your partner advice. He's like, why didn't you tell me this a year ago before we come? <laughs> and I'm like, because I don't give people advice because <laughs> I learned. And it was a funny thing, but you know, like what's interesting about entrepreneurship is you can read and get on podcasts, listen to your podcast, my podcast. Like, there's so many entrepreneur and business podcasts out there. How to growth hack, you know, metrics that matter, the whole thing. Like, oh man, this is how you can get your six figure side, blah, blah, blah. I mean, just, you know, almost like word salad, verbal diarrhea, the whole thing, right? <laughs> I mean, it's true, right? I mean, how many, like, you know, we're both like quote unquote in the entrepreneur category. We both are like quote unquote competitor. It's just ridiculous, right? But right. the thing to realize, the thing that has just been the most powerful thing for me when I have these conversations with all sorts of entrepreneurs, doesn't matter what you do, is that they have this internal why, like your internal why, um, that really drives them. And it's this mindset, this internal mindset, this why, this real reflective nature that gets them through it. Because fame, fortune, prestige, money, all fleeting, literally could go away. I mean, look at what happened. It's eight, eight, 10 weeks ago, some people's livelihoods went to zero, no fault of their own, none, zero. I mean, how can you even predict that, right? The ones that get through it have got that why. And I like the fact that you've kind of figured out this why. Um, Whys do change over time, (laughs) just so you know. No, I'm, (laughs) yeah. And yeah, uh, I I think too, with, with having a why, it's like, it, it 
you understand more of why you're doing what you're doing, if that makes sense. So yeah. let, let me break it apart for a second. We have team members, more specifically virtual assistants. Mm-hmm. So they live in the Philippines. They're really good at what they do, but it's cheaper for us. Mm-hmm. When we just teach them how to do a process, it's not always easy. It, 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 some of those processes are, are left up to them to figure out the next step. But when you teach them why are you doing this process, mm-hmm. that next step they are left to do by themselves is better, right? Mm-hmm. So put that into your business. I know how to run my business, but ha- or, but why am I running my business? It's not to make a lot of money. I mean, kind of, but there, it's deeper than that. It's to be able to take care of my family and also have the time to spend time with my family. That's why. So now every single day when I am, I don't want to send an email. I don't want to reach out to this person. I don't want to do this meeting that's at 8 p.m. at night. Why did I start this in the first place? Why do I need to keep going? That fuels me to say, Okay, Brady, quit being a little bitch, and let's do it. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know if I'd put it that way, <laughs> but uh, you know, we all have our own words for that. And, and yeah, yeah, and, and I get it. No, I get it. It's it's good to have a sense of why you're doing what you're doing. Um, and that's important because, you know, people do get in entrepreneurship for the wrong reasons. And, of course, it's driven by who who doesn't want to make money. I mean, making money is not evil. You know, maybe the love of money and the exploitation of people to make more money, evil. But the general Definitely. process of, like, taking care of you, your family. I mean, I th- I personally think that entrepreneurship brings good to the world. I think that's probably the only way to kind of innovate and bring things forward. I mean, of course, government has its role in society. And and, and don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that there's no role in that, but the true, like the, the, what, when, when a society allows entrepreneurs and business people to be creative and to solve needs that their community has and their, the people, their customers, that innovative, that like, ability to kind of groundswell into something that's going to matter um, with the knowledge that it may not work out and chances are it won't, right? You know, I mean, what is it like, you know, nine out of 10 businesses fail in the first five years or some metric that, I'm, you know, I, I get I get wrong all the time. But but the, the, the real process of creation, the process of finding a need and filling it, the, the real inner drive i mean for me it's never been about the money i mean when i was younger i always wanted to be like oh i want to be rich and be a millionaire and everything like that and then i achieved that and then i lost it (laughs) so i'm like oh this is pretty fleeting right and so why am i doing it right great great point and and to have found that so young is a gift it really is a gift and it's a great, um, it's a source of, I think, strength and a source of uh, comfort um, that, you know, you're doing it. And I don't want to say right reason because everyone has their reasons, right? But exactly. the more internal it is to your soul, 
And the more that you like the journey for the journey and you're doing it for the quote unquote right reasons for you makes the journey much better. And when you have to work hard and when you have to, you know, not spend time with your wife or your family or there's an, a crisis comes up, you, you, you know, like you have the, the, this, this thing sort of sits kind of feels like it sits in the pit of your stomach and then rises up to your throat at times, you know, like, right. Oh my God, you know, <laughs> I would call this the, the failure lump, like, Oh, the failure lumps coming from the stomach. Oh no. You know, because chaos or whatever. <laughs> right. Uh, so, so yeah, I mean, and, and I think it's really interesting that, um, you sort of chosen to serve a community, uh, through finance, which is one of those things that is for most businesses, the crux of their failure. <laughs> Um, exactly, exactly. It's, it's hard. It's just hard and it's not very fun, you know, quote unquote, it's not the running the business, but I mean, they always say you run the business, not have the business run you, which, which I agree with. Um, any more like thoughts on how businesses, entrepreneurs can like help that process of kind of being more financially astute? I mean, of course, other than, you know, talking to you guys, what are some of the tips that you would give entrepreneurs and aspiring entrepreneurs about finance that are just sort of like rules of thumb that just make it easier for them to understand? Yeah, I, I think the first thing we do is you need to take apart where you're spending your money because we say we increase profitability. It is a hell of a lot easier to just cut expenses than it is to make money. It requires less effort, right? So when you can actually dissect your expenses, and I'm not talking about looking at your bank account, I'm talking put out a pen and a piece of paper and write them down in the cost. If it's a recurring expense, the cost every month, or if it's a variable expense, meaning gas, groceries, miscellaneous, dining out, whatever, write that out as well. Conferences, uh, education, whatever that is, write it out. Because at the end of the day, your business can bring in a million dollars a year. But if you spend a million dollars a year, guess what? You're broke. Yeah, true. True enough. So my first piece of advice, and I would say my only piece of advice to make it as simple as possible for your audience is take a day, not even a day, take take an hour and write out all of your expenses and then start crossing out the ones that you don't need. Do you have a team member that you're paying that you could probably automate through a system or do it yourself? Cut them. Do you have an expense? subscription that you don't use cut it are you spending way too much money taking your clients out to lunch and dinner sorry may need to not go to a steakhouse maybe we need to go to like wendy's or something you know <laughs> something like that so it, that that is the easiest way that you can completely control your profitability you can completely control your margins to that wow well i think uh that's a great place to end um, sage advice from a up and coming entrepreneur <laughs> that uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing how your business shakes out. And I'm honestly super proud of you to just for taking the chance during this time. Not a lot of people take chances Thank like this you. and, you know, good on you. Really good on you. Thank you, man. Appreciate that. And uh, Brady, thanks for, thanks for being on the podcast. Stay safe. Yeah. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Entrepreneur Ethos Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did creating it. My hope is that you learned something that can make you a little bit better. 
If you enjoyed the podcast, please do share it with friends and review it on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can also join my email list by visiting theentrepreneurethos.com to get my thoughts on what I'm doing to get better, as well as what I'm working on. You can also pick up my book, The Entrepreneur Ethos, if you want to learn the traits, values, and beliefs that I think we need to build a more ethical, inclusive, and resilient entrepreneur and, frankly, world community. Feel free to follow me on Twitter at The Daily MBA and let me know if you have any questions or recommendations for a guest you'd like me to talk to. Also, drop me a note if you try anything we talked about on this or any other episode. I'd love to hear what's working for you. Until next time, keep getting better. From self-help books to meditation, we work hard to find peace of mind. Xfinity Home helps you rest easy with a total home security solution. Installed by experts and powered by secure and reliable Xfinity Wi-Fi, you'll get 24-7 professional monitoring with fast response times and real-time alerts, like when doors and windows are opened. Rest easier with Xfinity Home. Learn more at Xfinity.com slash home security. Restrictions apply. Residential customers only. Requires compatible high-speed internet. Professional installation required.